Hey, Co-op Culture listeners, friends, fans, supporters, Patreoners. Uh, you'll hear a slight clipping and buzz and distortion on this episode with just me when I'm talking. Zilla Rocker, Zilla Rocher, Zilla Rochaw. Um, just an issue I'm having with this new mic and new interface I have that didn't happen before. And for this episode, it was just not stopping. So uh, anytime you hear me, it'll be like a slight buzz and clipping. Apologize for it. Try to clean it in post-production. No luck. So moving forward, we won't have these problems again, I promise. Okay, so without further ado, the megalithic, monolithic, maniacal, monastical, mysterious, magnetic album, The Shining, from Smith and Wesson. America and the world beyond our fucked up shores. Welcome to Call Out Culture. I'm your host, Alaska. I'm here with Kelly Castro and Zilla Rockall or Zilla Rocher. Um, and today we are going to talk about one of these megalithic monoliths that we do from time to time. Uh, we're going to focus on a quintessential New York rap record. A record that doesn't get talked about nearly enough and Not should cool. be talked about with many of the landmarks um, of that like sort of mid-90s era. Uh, we're going to talk about The Shining by Smith & Wesson. So, what if a you want. don't know the record, pause your shit right now. I prefer Coco Brothers. Listen to it. No, you do not. Back. No, you don't prefer, prefer no Coco Cocoa Brothers. Coco Bees. Coco Bees. B-R-O-V-A-S. Cocoa so beans. yeah, those are my guys. Wait, don't and don't forget the, the um the tasty uh cup of hot chocolate with women in it. Mm, you love it. Um, yeah, the, it comes with every uh sophomore Smith and Wesson album. Oh really? Wow. Mm, yeah, so you know you haven't seen the cover in a while, have you? No, which which album? No, it, oh, it, it's it's the inside of the cover. Oh, it is inside. <laughs> yeah, it's not the, it's not the the main. Cover What's the, the name of the second trash. record? Well, I know it's a weird start. What is the Rude, awake, Rude Awakening. Rude Awakening. Rude, right. Rude Awakening. Yeah, I, I avoided yeah. that album. It was like that once I heard the marriage. It was definitely sounds, rude. I was like, Ugh. And it woke me up. No, nah, that was that was afterwards. That, that was, was super after broken. that? Jesus. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, people talk about how bad I don't want to like just start off shitting on things immediately. God, that's terrible. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say, but I don't want people talk about how bad the second wave of Wu Tang records were. There needs to be oh we we've um, full we've, autopsy on the second wave of uh, boot camp. Yeah, yeah, second wave. I of think we've done. We think we've done our part. Yeah, we have. We have mentioned it. Uh, now, but, now, but let, and, and we've destroyed. No, but it's good because OGC. We, we've mentioned we it, OGC. OGC. We mentioned Helter Skelter's wreck, but now we're coming back around. No, we haven't talked about Magnum Force. Yeah, we haven't talked about Magnum Force. Magnum we Force we we've we've, we've we've implied, but I'm, what I'm saying is now we're coming back around to their gem, and 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 one of the greatest gems is the shine. Pun intended. Yeah, no, I, I would say it is their greatest gem. It of is the like yeah. it's better than of the entire catalog. Yeah. Yes, it's it's way better. Enter the stage is like two different albums. It's sort of like Buckshot figuring out who he is as a rapper. This is like a fully yep. formed masterpiece. Correct. All so right. first, go ahead. First thing that stood out for this record for y'all. I mean, for me, I. 
I was a huge Black Moon fan. Um, like it was, it was one of my favorite records of the time. I really was like just hella into it. And I was in New Orleans on spring mm. break. I, I went down there and um, we put on Rap City and everybody else was sleeping. I was the only one. It was like, I think when they used to show Rap City on Saturday, like early morning on Saturday. And they ran the uh, Gotcha Open Remix video and Bucktown back to back. And that was my first experience with this record. And I was sold immediately. Immediately. It's just such an amazing song and visuals. Fucking like just the, the loop on that whole thing was just so insane. Um, the boom, 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 and um, Tech had on the Blackhawks jersey. I think it was Tech. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just the, the whole look, the whole like aesthetic of everything, like it just, I was sold immediately. That was my first experience with Black Moon. Like that, you know, I was like, oh, these guys are special. So, um, I think the first time I really heard them was the, um, God, I think it was, what, what were this, uh, Bucktown video? Bucktown, yeah. Soundboy Burial. Yeah, like that's, that video, because I was just really videoed out. Um, the video was one really time. Dope. One and time. It was a, those are the three singles. One, one, one time. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, you, the listeners have to bear with us. I'm. I have a, a the microphone and my gain like auto adjusts on it, like auto, automatically on its own. So I may be very, very loud at certain parts. I'm trying to fix it as we're recording. Uh, I think it was that time when I saw that video. And I was just like, I remember their name, like blew my mind. I was like, like the gun, but they smell it Smith instead of Smith. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was really cool. Um, and I thought they were like, there was a lot of duos back then. And they, to me, just didn't sound like any duos. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they were not, oh, it wasn't like, oh, they, they clearly love Onyx. Or they're clearly trying to be Run DMC or they're trying to be whoever like them and like MOP and mob deep were all totally in their own worlds, which is yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. Nothing. I think like, like they're this. the least lyric. Yeah. I think like, the, like, like the least lyrical, but we'll, we'll get into more things about why I think this album's special and why they're special, but I, the album really doesn't, it doesn't matter that they're not super mm-hmm. rhyming in, in a way that people were, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't quote them like how you quote shook once two or something, but it doesn't really matter. And I, I think that's the strength of Smith and Wesson is like, they've, they really had this mood and aura about them when they're clicking and like the interplay between both of them is really ill. And so I like, I think, I think health to skeleton is way better, just pure rhyming than them. And I think black moon as a trio kind of had like, you know, kind of songs that kind of set it off a little bit more if you're going out to a club or you're hearing a DJ spin but like Smith, and, I don't know who plays Smith and Wesson without playing the entire album. So I think, yeah. I think that's really mm-hmm. cool about um, For me, what stood out was um, was the aesthetic, which included the sound, in my in my um, opinion. The aesthetic was very important to me. This is this is a this is a crucial crucial hip hop album for me. My upbringing, my hip hop upbringing. These are two West Indian cats. So, so, so right then that pulled me in. The camouflage, the spelling phonetically of the track title. 
So it wasn't just like adding Z's and things of that nature. This was like one time spelled with a W and recognized spelled with a W. And I remember having a hard time uh, figuring out session at the dog hill at first because the way he had it spelled. But then I'm like, it's spelled phonetically. It's spelled how it sounded. And I used to just really blow my mind. And I, I saw me. They look, you know, they, they, um, they look like Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? They, they look like a Brooklyn alleyway where you're trying to tag before the cops at the corner seat. And it's just uh, that was the feeling I got when I when I saw the record, the whole um, the Roy Ayers cover, like it 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 was like uh, it was um I was talking about this before you came on. It was a seminal moment for Brooklyn. Um, and so if you were a Brooklynite coming up, and and um, everything you know, hip hop was Queens and the Bronx, Bronx and Queens, and you know what I'm saying, and those eternal battles, and Karis One and all that. But this was definitely a big footprint for Brooklyn, and um, and and it was the aesthetic that, that jumped out for me: the camouflage, the Tims, um, the West Indian slang, uh, uh, the production it was all that. Yeah, I mean, it it was definitely a vibe, right? Like the whole thing, everything about it was a complete and total vibe. Like there was nothing else that sounded like this record. There was nothing else that looked like this record. There's nothing else that looked like the two rappers together. Um, just like the whole feel, like to me, it's, it's, it's the quintessential Brooklyn record, right? There was like a wave of them that were coming out at that time. I think it was, it was this, it was um, hard to earn. Mm -hmm. Sun Also Rises came out around the same time. Um, I think even like, and this isn't one of my favorite records, but it's a good record. Um, the Blowout Home record, like that was sort of like this different side of Brooklyn than what Biggie was bringing to you. Mm -hmm. Like Biggie, Biggie was like the big budget version of, of Brooklyn. And this was like, like Biggie was Goodfellas and this was Mean Streets. Yeah, right. Like, like Biggie was, he was like, he was like, like in a penthouse. Not yet. Showing things, but not, but, not, 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 like, not the opulence old yet, because it's still ready. To, it's still ready to die. But, 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 like, but I agree with the. Video, um, this is a big budget. One more chance. It's a big budget. Yeah, but it's a big budget Brooklyn. He's still, you know, what I'm saying he's yeah. still like. I feel like the opulence came with like that for death. Y'all forgive me, but I think. But I agree no, no, with you. What, what last right, this is a bigger right, budget right. Brooklyn artist. The Brooklyn look is more bigger budget. Puffy yeah. was making them do different things than the dustiness yeah. of um of the beat miners. Yeah, like, yeah, and, like like, about, and, like Ready to Die album is grimy Brooklyn, but Biggie pop charts singles, dude, you don't get that. You know what I mean? No, but also like Ready to Die, like this album actually sounds like Brooklyn. Like right. it sounds like Brooklyn in 1995. Right. Right. Like the right. the production, the the way that they rap, like even like the. Like one of the things, and you had mentioned it earlier, was like the the West Indian influence. Yes, the way mm -hmm. it's it's sort of brought in almost as like a, a patois into the yes. music, right? It's not like yes. back before this. Like if there was West Indian influence on a record, it would be concentrated on one song, which would be it was like, very very obvious, like a yeah. Madline feature. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's very boisterous and um, yeah. and it was like West Indian. Um, songs and hip hop was very smashed together, mm -hmm. so it was very much hip hop and it was very much um, reggae 
and yeah. um and styling like that. This there was a nuance to how they um mm-hmm. they would they would go mm-hmm. in from talking, boy, you gonna go and get that tonight. Look at Tim on my Tim boots, you know what I mean? Like um all of those things. And I, again, like when you're West Indian, you're um and you're Caribbean, you're like you're ostracized. Like you you thought it was a second class citizen, you're already mm. black. You know, and so when they made it like, yo, it's cool, not just, you know, not just your grandparents or your parents to listen to reggae music, not just them. It's like, oh, we Brooklynites and the, and the yeah. reggae stuff is, is um, it's like they hip hop oh, it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, what's up, yeah. It, it's, it's more peppered in as an accent. Yes. You know, not a West Indian mm-hmm. accent, but like an accent, like a flair. Yes. That's brought in like, you yes. know, part of the language, almost the way like that Wu-Tang used slang. Yes. I mean, Karras one started that. Yeah. Karras one was very much in it. Whatever. Um, but I remember the hood. Like, these are these are the West End cats I grew up with. You see what I'm saying? Like, these mm-hmm. are the cats in the neighborhood that do things, not um, not some big reggae artist that's flowing in and flowing out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a difference. This is this is the this is the um the corner store, the dread store. This is the um beef patty spot. Like that's that's what this shit is mm. to me. This is the beef patty spot where I can get Irish moss next to Macy's and shit, and um, mm. like real live jerk chicken, uh, Alaska cooked outside in the street with, with the kettle with the kettle oven. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like made out of uh, cut, uh, sliced open kettle. The ke- this is kettle drums, but boom bap kettle drums. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, Harry Belafonte can never. You know what I'm saying? So. Like it was just it was it was like this is this is the stuff I would hear That's funny. running through my neighborhood coming out the windows, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And it was made into hip hop form, and they're wearing Tims and camouflage. Yeah. What like? Yeah, yeah. The whole look was crazy. The styling was, and then also um another part of the styling again the West End part they were young dreads. So anybody growing their hair, these cats had the young twist. Some of them had little short locks. It's like, oh shoot, you know what I'm saying? Like. There was a certain look, the whole idea of the dreadlock looking dreaded, looking like mm. a criminal. They brought that. No, this is a style. You know what I'm saying? This is a um mm. a, a, a young rebellious Brooklyn style. And it and it's yeah. gonna be accepted and not ostracized. We're not just seen as thieves and um and um knuckleheads and wilders and stuff, you know what I mean? Like it's is yeah. it, a legitimacy to it. Um yeah. it legitimate, you know what I'm saying, rather than just being a ragamuffin. They also peppered in like because I believe they were like Decepticons, right? Okay, that's Before, another part. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they like pepper in like the sort of like low life shit as well. Mm-hmm. Like well, in, in the, the low lives are different, but no, but no, but I'm, there's still like the element of polo. Yeah. So the decepts right. more. The, all right. So low lives was about boosting. Yeah. Looking fly shit, right? The decepts were about strength and numbers yeah. there was always so many decepticons when there were decepticons around it was never like you never caught two or three decepts there was yeah. so many i remember one time i was walking you could see them coming right and i was walking down a block and it was me and my man and we saw a huge group of men walking out there you could see them like two blocks down i said yo we need to uh we need to change course and so we um we took a right and we walked like up this block and then I look back to see them pass where we were. And I'm not going to lie, it took five minutes for them to cross the street. Wow. It was just so many of them. You know, you would think it's like a um, FOI meeting or something. But it, they used to just roll so deep. But 
I feel like boot camp didn't get into a really deep decept um slang into like Magnum Force. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it was like out there that oh, the yeah. logo yeah, was yeah, out yeah. there. Um, but definitely they were card carrying members of DCEP. And again, like I said, DCEP was all about like strength and numbers. There was so many of them. Uh, <laughs> I just remember that we sometimes when DCEP's on the scene, it'd be like 50 le- at the least 50. They didn't roll low less than like 50 deep. Mm. Um, very intimidating. And they used to fight. You know what I'm saying? They didn't shoot. Yeah. I tell people that all the day. They didn't mm. shoot you. But you would you would fight, you know, <laughs> um, but not wanting rampant violence. Just like what I used to call like Brooklyn knuckleheads, like knuckleheads, stick up kids, smashing grabbers, uh, you know, grabbing purses and doing dumb shit. As I call it knucklehead, you're like you're doing dumb little petty shit, shit that get you in a spark. But that's um that brings me to like my one of my favorite cuts on there, which is about jail. One time, yeah. So like the second one verse one is about time. Rikers. And shit you do and carry your blicky and all that other shit, like, you know, making sure you got shank on you and shit. Um, but like when you hear it so slanged out, you don't even realize they're talking about jail. And and because they were so young, they were most likely talking about Sparfit. So Sparfit was like the youth correctional facility. And then if you if they could trick you, because they would do that, they would put you in Rikers with the adults. But um Sparfit was ruthless as it was too like there was stories and shit i knew kids that went up there real quick like you would hear people i'm running up going to do a quick thing at sparfit but it's like the youth jail what, what do you mean you're doing a bid at sparfit but it felt like that. it was like a mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. camp upstate so yeah I, i've only known of sparfit through rap and yeah, i always kind of just imagined yeah <laughs> it was like some some wild shit i was just what are you what are you what a young young juvenile delinquents were but it, it was it was it was it had its own shit. It had its own shit. <laughs> so you you had mentioned the slang, and they actually have like their own sort of brand of slang throughout the the records. I mean, it's it's all a boot camp, but I think like these guys were really heavy on it. Yeah, like the term "one time" for cops. one time. Yeah, say that some LA shit, but they yeah. were we were saying it too. You know. Um, Tim boots, like putting Tim, Tim boots. boots in the vernacular, um, certain yeah. terms, uh, certain slang for um, razor blades. Um, yeah, I feel like they feet. also like were heavy on like like slang for for weed. Oh yeah, there was a lot of weed talk. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean they have the song session at Dog Hill. There's also the little yeah. skits of them smoking beforehand. Yeah, um, just like making teenager teenage black shit cool again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they weren't. Um, to me, because I remember they weren't DOS effects where there was a similar yeah. stylistic thing, but DOS effects, their lyricism right. had them in a different category than um than Smith and Wesson. You know what I'm saying? Smith and Wesson was def- definitely the dustier version, yeah. if you will. So uh, you know, that's another part thing I want to talk about. The production. Like, what y'all think about this production, this beat minus shit? They it's, already hit you with, with the with the black moon. It's now they come beat with this minus. To me, it's, it's peak beat minus. It's incredible what they did on this record. Yeah. Like it's Walt so fucking it's so basic but yet so full right. and yes. expressive at the same time yes and this is you where you I mean? give like, evil d and walt they props like yeah uh, as far as like the digging because when you find out where some of these samples mm-hmm. originally came from really good warm records you know what yeah. i'm saying like a lot a lot of uh this oh, reggae yeah. style is in it but just like warm record like i'm like i mean the cover is Roy Ayers, um ubiquity yeah. right yeah, and like just to, to 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 tap into that, that shows you that the producers is on some shit. You know what I mean? 
Um, it it almost sounds like the album was made underwater. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the sort of mm. like like all the bass lines are boom, 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 a lot of rumbling, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. rumbling and it like it sounds like it's something like as you're like coming to the surface of water, like it gets heavier and warmer as you go through it. But one of the things I, I, I took a note that I, when I was listening to today, how like the rapping is we've, we've discussed, it's pretty simple, right? It's sort of like, right. you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's a very styling. simple, straightforward, it's styling, but it's not like, it's not like heavy lyrics. It's not like Black Moon or, uh, no. or Helter Skelter Helter style. Skelter. And no. even like the drums, the drums are very straightforward, right? Yes, very simple, simple um, but yeah, straight up point drums, yep. All of the breaks are just like, that's where the mood is. And there's so many different moods and so many different styles throughout this whole record. Because it, it could have been a very boring record, right? Like, yes. If you, if yeah, somebody very, told very you, like, moody. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very moody record, but the, the mood is, is carried. Like I said, I think the sample sources lend to that. A yeah. lot of smoky jazz. Yep. Which, you know, originated a lot of horn work, you know what I'm saying? And like yep. horn work on the um the pure horn stuff that Miles and them used to, to get down with, but it's not written. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. jazz feeling. Right. Like when you ask them, like to, when you ask, you know, when you ask me, y'all, like, let's play some jazz. Like, no, nobody's recording. Nobody's writing down notations. Mm -hmm. We just getting busy with the electric, right? And so I feel like, yeah, um, Alaska, I'm right with you. Like the shining tapped into that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's it's unorthodox in the sense that it's not formulate, no. right? You know what I'm saying? Like no. I like I said, KRS One definitely had West Indian stylings, but there was a formula to it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Boom, bye, bye. Like you know, I'm just saying, like you know, it was very um, referential. You knew exactly kind of where he was taking it from, mm -hmm. and you just immediately said it. They yeah. were like, "Yo, we're gonna create some new grooves," but this is yeah. what my grandfather used to sing to me. You know what I'm saying? Or this is what my mother. This, mm -hmm. this is very much like Lovers Rock. Gregory Isaacs, Tootin' Mai Tai, Shaka Demons, and Pliers, yeah. like the, the old, yeah. old soul reggae, what they call Lover's Rock um, stuff, yeah. Dennis Brown. Mm. That is feel like it's an infusion because it sounds like an old Brooklyn, uh, mm -hmm. Alaska. Anybody yeah. that's a Brooklynite, it sounds like old Brooklyn, like, yeah. it, it, like 90, 1990 Brooklyn. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, uh, um, it, I'll, I'll be for a mall. It also sounds like whatever you play it on is like a system, you know, whatever you're playing, you can play it in anything in your headphones, whatever. And it sounds like it's played on a system that was made yes. from parts. Some, like it's just like some, a some sound old, class uh, system. Some old wooden panel shit. You made yep. your own speaker cabinet. <laughs> yep. It sounds like this should come Can out of an old, yes, with the tuner. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and mm -hmm. um, it's rustic, very yeah. rustic. And, yeah. um, and earth there's a lot of soil there's a lot of soil in this record a lot of earth you know what i'm saying yeah. and so it's it is interesting y'all that y'all said this that um the beat miners have not hit this chamber again um yeah. and um z i want you to drop this in there this yeah no i was gonna say it's what what they did on this record was um they created it's like I've said it before about this record. Sorry, my, my game just keeps jumping. I keep adjusting it while I'm on mute. Um, the, what, the mood they created is what separates like a Kai album from a Styles P album. Okay. Both street dudes. Both talking about like jewels, gems, don't do that, do this. I did a lot of dirt. I'm not proud of it. I'm going to explain it to you. But Styles P albums don't have a mood. They're just beats. 
mm-hmm. and Styles P is amazing. He's a great rapper on him. Kaz albums, for better or for worse, mostly better. He's given you all of that knowledge and pain and regret and misgivings and splash, but all the beats fit a specific mood, whether it's him doing all the beats or preservation or animos with the young Orpheus and all that. Um, this album is all mood and the beat miners to me, like the black moon album ha- has a mood. It's like more, it's more like a high energy mood than this record. Yeah. It's pop. Like it's, and it, that's has, poppy. It's pop moments on the black. Yeah. Moon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's like Barry white yeah. samples and shit, but, but um, it, it, the black moon record like, is also like a combination of two errors coming into one, right? Like the first half of that mm, album is just like very early nineties. Yeah, early like, '90s, like a lot of I'm rhyming with my hands like this. Back yes, back on, you know, and um, then the, it gets the into live, like the live music, um, demonstrative stuff you hear the on video. the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, the Fife like Dog that. lifting yeah. his knees up really high and shit. Yeah, and then the second yeah, part of the record, but is I, like, I think this one getting into it. Yeah, yes. But, uh, it would, would y'all agree so that there's is there a duck down sound at this point, or are they still testing waters? I don't know if there ever was a definitive duck down sound. I, I I mean I think I think this album is a definitive duck down sound. I think I think mm. nocturnal But not if they never did it again. That's elements. what that's yeah. what I'm Yeah, but I but I think like okay, so to me it's the same way. Like people that it depends like when you talk to people that, that are into Wu Tang, some people are really only into like thirty six. That's yeah. like all they know. They know cream, they know Wu Tang enough to fuck with. They know that's you know, so tears. dusty and dirty compared to that's right. super, you know, but they don't, they don't know like the W iron flag, you know, they, they know some of the singles from some of the solo, but to them, it's like the first album is Wu Tang. Like that's that style and sound. I think with boot camp, it's like, again, there's, there's so many rumors about why beat miners were less involved as each album came out after this. Some was about money. Some was about other stuff, which I don't want to say on the show because it's a wild rumor, but, um, I think that maybe they didn't want to be tied down to in-house producers potentially. I don't know. And like the times were changing, you know, like each year the styles shift a little bit more. And especially like in the, towards you get, you know, like the late nineties, you start getting to bad boy and then Rockefeller and, and rough riders. But I think like, I think this album is boot camp. Like everything about this is boot camp is beat miners is duck down like this album. And then everything after it was either trying to, run away from it for whatever reason or trying to get back to it later on. But when they try to get back to it later on, they still didn't hire the beat miners, yeah. which is like, <laughs> right. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, I, I think, I think, I think cause it's all about the mood. Like I said before, it's like, what separates this from the black moon album mood? What separates mm-hmm. this from the health of skeleton album mood? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like two, I, I love, but I, this one has, like I said, I don't, I don't go to this album and be like, I just want to hear uh, Bucktown. No, I yeah. gotta play the whole thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas, like the Black Moon album, I don't play the whole Black Moon album. You need no. to jump around. I got you open yeah. and stuff. Let's um, let's hit a break. Let's take a break, yeah. And then we'll um come back and get into more minutia right. of the shine. Mm-hmm. Cool. Call up cultural listeners. This is your boy Jason Griff, friend of the podcast. Just wanted to come through and let you know that I just dropped a new beat tape. It's called to sample only water for 10 days. And it's inspired by a John Frusciante album of a similar title. Hit up insubordinaterecords.com today 
and get yourself a digital copy. Use the discount code CALLOUTS and take an extra 15% off. So hit Insubordinate Records, drop that discount code CALLOUT, get yourself 15% off, and as always, long live Scorsese and fuck Jason Griff. And we are back. So Blam Sadiq. There's so many good songs on this record. What what would be your, your two favorite songs for each of you on this album? All right, how sure you go first? Bong is easy. Uh Soundboy Burial and One Time. Mm-hmm. Um One Time sounds like a, a, right, so a haunted, haunted subway car. Um Mm. And um, and like I said, the second verse is about you know being being up in Sparkfoot or like it's, depending on your age group. Before I lay my head down to rest, I roll up a nickel sack to set to relieve the stress. The urban and calisthenics do a nigga justice. They fit cause I'm a slick and can't be trusted. I put up with none of them punks who front shit Even though some I used to run with and smoke blunts with Fuck the foreplay, let's do shit the raw way Killer he say, she say, check what we say I'm dwelling in the cellar with my niggas helter skelter Loading up the clips with lyrics, punks run for shelter Smith and Wesson's on the loose with the noose for your neck You let info slip out so it's dead, you get There's the black moon, we creeping up in your room Death fills the air along with the sin of boom Open your eyes, motherfuckers, and greet your fear Walk with the head of a snitch and he's out of here and it was just so menacing. And then Soundboy Burial, again, that, 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 like, so I'm Bayesian. I'm, I'm from, my people's from Barbados. So to hear, like, true, like, they didn't even, that's not a sample. That's their man um, doing that part. And he's just, like, mm. chatting and talking and talking so sinister. You know what I'm saying? Calm down, we are going to be the champion sound and up. And I'm tell you. And then, and then the, um, <laughs> oh, we're going to go and get there tonight. Like, it's just, it's like they oh they creeping. This is very much uh soundboy burial. So um again, it's a phonetic spelling. So it's like burying the soundboy. So soundboy burial is pretty much the feeling that every live performer gets when the sound man is kind of fucking with you and shit and, mm-hmm. and your sound ain't right. Mm. And you want to kill him. And if you if, if you've been a good performer, a lot of vitriol is pointed at the sound man. That's what soundboy burial means to me. Um it, it, it's a little bit more uh there's a little more legend to it, but that's what it means to me. And so just to hear the authenticity of actual uh, reggae artists speaking that true shit, chanting, um, chanting and speaking that Pasqua, black gloves. It's so hard. Like, that's what I feel like, you know, tight black gloves, you know what I'm saying? Tim up. we might, you know, we might have to rob Mr. Quiles tonight. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, man, those, those are my... Old man Quillers, you come yo, when I play Soundboy Burial, old man Quillers, watch out, man. He ain't shoot my pee off. For real. <laughs> Boom, bye bye to a Soundboy head. Ruben, I'm promoting a nasty man, the mafia dead. Giving him two shits dead to him chin. And then me, your friend, fake the funk, I put the junk to an end. Now, who the rude boy wants? That's the OG. I find his family to identify he. I bet you never thought I bust. 
Surprise, I'm a fortified oak head just like me dress. Test the champion sound, you're getting bucked down. Recognize the boot camp, play guy to buck town. Gun thirsty little bastard, always blasted from the sacks of chocolate of mother casting. You say you're number one wicked selector. I say you. And I wet ya Keep the ball for a pull This your trigger Cause you don't wanna test me When I'm tipsy off the liquor Like the punk they call my girl Got his feelings hurt Showed his true colors Had to yank up his skirt Now he's in misery Trying to cop a plea To him head from gun clapper Number three C Lick off a shot You know Rider Lick a shot And I pun fire Now everybody want me Don Gaga Yeah so those are my favorite Those are my two favorite <laughs> What about you, Z? Um, I well, I gotta go Bucktown. Um, okay. Because I really love saxophone samples. Because mm. the saxophone is such an ill instrument. Because it's the only instrument that is bass with melody at the same time. So yeah. it gives you so much low end, and it gives you high end melody with it, which I love. So anything with like a saxophone or a saxophone sample. I'm always pulled into right away. Um, you know, and they were in the era coming off like the Pete Rock style where everyone was trying to do like the horn samples. The horns, yeah. Um, yes. And but Bucktown is like whatever. I, I don't know that sample off top, but it sounds like you're inside the brass of, of a saxophone when I listen to Bucktown. And it's like it's not recently. Yeah, I I I don't know it that well. Um it's an obvious one when I hear it, but I'll be like, it's oh, Jack Bruce. Jack Bruce. Yeah. No, I don't know Jack Bruce. Yeah, Born to be fun. Blue. Um, but it's it's the type of sample where if I heard that, if I was if I was digging in 1994, 95, or even right now, I wouldn't be like, oh, that that's the loop. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. right. it doesn't jump out at you as like the splash. It doesn't jump out, that's where you start. Yeah, no. that's the start. Right. Yeah, like even like when, when you listen to, like the Tom Scott record that um, Pete Rock sample for you know TRO Y probably the most famous horn loop. When you play that song, that's like one little part of like six minutes of jazz. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't repeat. That it just kind of comes and goes really quick. It doesn't go back to it. Um, so for Bucktown, I was I always find it fascinating. Like when someone catches a part of a record that is not the big juicy riff. And right. it's like, oh, I'm gonna take this that's piece the magic. and then yeah, that's push the magic it into the right front. There. Right. That's, that's that's the genius of you know of beat miners. Um, so I think Bucktown for that. Um, you know, the the it's kind of like a really joyful, happy song. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's track seven, which is interesting for the first single, um, to kind of be like like dead smack almost in the middle yeah, of the album. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, and probably like their biggest song. Um, so that, that's my number one. And then hallucination because they took this mini Ripperton joint. And I think the underrated part about this record and, um, the beat miners and that whole, that whole lane is like the SP 1200. So like Mm. all of the, you know, classic, yeah, the, all the classic, I never had an SP. I'm pretty sure Ray still has one. Shasta Ray West. Um, all of those classic, you know, MPCs and Akai's and all that stuff, the ASR, they all had like a very specific sonic feel and vibe to them. And so to me, and people like John Morrison would probably know this way better than me, but um, I feel like this album is heavily indebted to the SP-12, which give you a ton of warmth 
and it gave you the filtering. So hallucination is ill because they took the mini ripper ten. Like they filtered it a little bit with her and then they filtered it again to get the baseline part. And then that whole filtered style that they did, P-Rock did, like that's like the Drake style now. Like every beat has like a low pass filter in it. Sitting on the door, the shit and puff in the dough. Strobe light effect, everything's moving slow. Slip into a deep zone, the sound at the phone. Bring me home, stack up my feet, that motion toward the old hey, zone. What up, nigga? Check out this proposition. Yeah, it's money to be, and I'm in the mood to go fish. Whatever, they go. Give me time to wash my ass. My habit at your North Day, feeding for the gas. What you gotta do, cause I'm on my way in the car. Cause when I get there, yo, we already like tomorrow. Right, right, easy. Now I'm off to the south to get more info on this show I heard about. Gotta make sure everything's secure. Can't let me and my man let this grant slip past our hands. The man's out heavy today. I hope they don't try to get in the way of our pay. Damn, already high noon, the man's out. Gotta take a quick shower, get dressed and bounce. Grab the fatigue trapped on the generals. Proper retire for all criminals. Blaze up the clip, loads up the fourth fifth. If a boy ref, leave him body them stiff. Who the man there, one rap on my door. Stir me at work, only load up for. Hey, yo, it's me. Every track song has the four bar, eight bar part where they, they filter it. Um, but I like hallucination because I remember when I heard it and I was like so pulled into that song. And then, like, what they did, it's like, you know, and like they're opening up. And it's interesting, like, hearing like young street dudes be very vulnerable. And like they're very vulnerable on that song. And even on Bucktown, where they're just kind of, you know, everybody has a song about it. I love where I'm from. But how they did Bucktown was like, it wasn't like punch you in your shit brooklyn you know what i mean it's like got five mc that want to come test we even saying like got my nooses ready you know but even saying i got my nooses ready (laughs) it's like it sounds like some neighborhood shit it doesn't sound like you if you come to brooklyn i'll fucking kill you you know i mean which was the vibe of every other song about brooklyn back then so bucktown's like kind of happy and then hallucination is like a pretty sample but they're being very vulnerable about being fucked up and so like those are the ones and like i had this album on tape forever so to me it's like it's a great cassette album you know like the bass response on this tape is fucking yeah yeah so and there's a lot of great album joints on there but those are the ones that um i'd always go back to so yeah there you go those are my two choices Um, what about you alaska i'm probably going strictly based off of like strictly based off beats for my picks um mm-hmm. but i'm going with uh staying strong and next shit mm. yo um just because it tricked me last week because of yeah. that weird beginning i didn't i was real bad with skimming so if the yeah. beat was doing something in the beginning i was like i don't want to hear this song and i would and mm-hmm. I, it almost sounds like it's gonna be some disco shit and i'm like oh what's this song oh i skipped it yeah, right, like, yeah. Right, but then then like that piano that they drop in on that that loop is fucking Crazy. It's just so muty, uh, like moody and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Duck down in the house like this. We doing it like this. On the bar, Marty blunted tip, you know what I'm saying? Ha. Original crook style. Like this, that old next shit. 
guy, that's my alarm clock a shot Emptied out the clip of a hooded kid's clock Out on the mission for the Greenwood his team Twisting up buds, puffing on bloodsadine Always red eye with an evil scheme in mind Pulling off stings with his partners in crime Not a care in the world, he's seen plenty stiff bodies Running up in spots with the calico and shotties Lounging on the strip with his Tims and his meth His right hand span on the side to the left Never leave the joint without packing the burner Got the street smart team for killer be murdered It's no relaxing, just taxing The flute on, um, on Stan Strong, man Woo! The flute is just playing, yo. amazing. Like it is flames. Those two songs, and to me, those two songs like stand out because they sound so, so much different much. than the rest of the record. There's a certain oh, totally. to those. They're almost yeah. like a little melancholy, but hopeful at the same time. Yeah, hopeful. In a right, weird definitely. way, like. They're, they're like the sunshine in the record. I walk around town with the pound strapped down. Wow. That's only because it's mad real in Bucktown. It gets mad deep in the streets when you got to watch your back for beasts and the means even your peace. I step to my business, stand strong on my own too. Yeah. Do what I have to do to get true. If you're for real, then you know the deal. I do or die. And I never ran, never will. They break sneaks upon my camp once more. Niggas drowning in blackness, stretched on the floor. Breakfast is served a killer dealer from the the sky. Oh boy, I go heaven, but no boy, one die. Watch that thin line of rap and reality. Get yourself hurt, even cause fatal casualties. See, let me explain. This ain't no game. The words you talk and have you coming right about your frame. You understand where I'm coming from, Slim? Fuck towns to stay the mind that I'm trapped in. If you wanna see me, have some sense. Keep your actions real, everything to be a read. Wicked minded youth, then my lick off a shot. Cause the roots fill around my way to get hot. Had to read. I, I, I like the contrast of the, the darkness of their lyrics and their style with the the sunshine. Like it's why I really like the the recognized remix. Nice. It's just the two of us sample. Like just the way like those two like come together. Even mm -hmm. the video, the video is like on some like like Spike Lee shit. Like it's just like a sunny, beautiful yes. day in Brooklyn, and like there's. I want to say that this record is um the re remix is done right. There's a yeah. lot of remixes totally. for these things, and they all were like one-ups and very much improvements and different tastes of different styles. Um, a lot of times remixes, I felt like, would have had a record or to stretch a single, a popular yeah. single or stretch out. But this mm -hmm. one, there was a lot more purpose to it. Um, to these remixes and who they would place on the remixes and stuff like that. You know what was dope too? Like when, when they were 
I mean, to me, like, I really took them seriously. And we said on the Mary J episode, when they were on I Love You Remix, this is how we do. This is every day, all day. Yeah. Smith and Wesson crew, every J don't play. I shine, you shine. And you shine, shine. Like, that, that joint, I mean, like, I, I Love You by Mary is my favorite R&B song ever, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hearing them on the remix was it was cool because they were like they were industry but a secret you know what i mean like yeah y- your sister didn't know who smith and wesson was you know she would know biggie but and craig mack because flavoring year was the biggest song but when mary pulled them it was like really interesting to hear them crushing it you know on the ike's mood sample from isaac hayes which mary flip which yeah. is like a staple of rap but hearing them on an R&B song, I was like, they could do this all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't corny, and it wasn't a stretch to hear them do that type of shit. And then even, like, um, I remember, like, for a while, people would say, like, Redman said it, but also other people would say, let's get it on, like, Smith & Wesson as a yeah. punchline. You know what I mean? But, like, you had to know rap to know what, what they meant when people would say, let's get it on, like, Smith & Wesson. Get it on. Yeah. Or like you know, yeah, or like, but that was also like, the strength like, of, say, like, um, I get it on like Smith and West. Who split your vest? That was the, Post, the, take, the strength of the Rockness yeah. hooks, Rockness monster hooks. You know, yeah. stand out. I mean, the right. hooks on this record are really stellar. Like the, in their simplicity, it's like it's what really makes so them, simple. them just go. They're so simple. They're just sort of like chanty and repetitive, and they they clear the space. They're like a palate cleanser for the verses. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, they do real. their job perfectly. It's a literal break, right? Yeah, it's just a break, and and I think I think it's a genius of, um, and and we we wanted to get into this like what the record is so immaculate, but what I I think what they got away from on every album after this and they have really great moments after this like one-on-one is an amazing song who want to look like want to act like us yeah, that shit is crazy they um, have another soundtrack Bucktown from, usa like, with memo p they have another soundtrack with the one-offs. other than one one one-offs yeah they would do all right they were they were going like like if you hear them on any any like tony touch mixtapes tony touch always put boot camp heavily on the mixtapes they smash all tony touch tapes and then Bucktown USA on Rude Awakenings is amazing. It's like another super slept on single. And then there's a remix with MOP, which is unreal. I feel like they didn't go back to this really style good. and this sound. And we know there was a lot of um, rigmarole with the production until they went back to Chosen Few. And that was like mm. um, everybody's egos out yes. the room. Beat Miners came back. Uh, um, the, the Fat Five like came nice, back. Large Pro. Yeah. Fat Five they kind of brought everybody with, in, with onto that record. Everybody nice. back. Yeah. Um, Buckshot. Five yeah, that song Trading Places. Well, five not on there. You ever that song? Yeah, they got they have nah, great you that, song, that um, song with the yeah. Where they um the song the Trading Places with the skeleton. Fours and eights. Well, yeah, but and then there's a song Trading Places no. where where no no it's a song where it's Smith and Weston and Health the Skeleton where they all of them say one one of the other guy's most famous rhymes. So Tech will start doing a ruck rhyme. And Steel will start doing yeah. a rock rhyme. There's a video yeah. for it, and they had a um, video for it and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really cool, but yeah. um, it's incredible. But anyway, incredible. so they, I, I just think like what we keep saying about how simple things were on this record. I think they just 
moved away from that. I think like I did a whole piece of Passion of the Whites like a year or two ago, probably two years ago, on the Rude Awakening, like try rearranging that record, which is really bad, the Coco Brothers album. And they just got so caught in the industry, I think. And they didn't just be like, it's hard to be 21 forever. It's hard to be 22 forever. But I think like their strengths, they kept moving further and further away. Whereas just like we're saying, I shine, you shine, shine. Like that's it. That's all. That's all you need to be incredible versus trying to do very different styles, tons of different production. It just didn't versus one-on-one is just, Dude's spazzing, you know, and then the hook. Who want to look like, want to act like us? Who want... It's so simple. You know what I mean? Like, less is more with them. And I think they yeah. kept moving away from that over time. And this album's so good at that. You know what I mean? Like, the beats are simple. The beats are simple, but there's a lot going on in the beats because of the filtering mm-hmm. and how thick they are and how moody they are. And I've read a thing once about how beat miners, what they would do is if they had a record that wasn't particularly dirty enough, they would sample bacon frying on the pan to get the pop, the pop sounds wow. of a dirty record. Interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. And then That's they would one. they would add, put that on the pad to get the pop. They're like, oh, this record's a little too clean. Okay, we'll just sample frying bacon. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. Which is really and cool. And people try to say, but like, think about the thought of that. Eat my dick. Yo, man. You know what I'm saying? Like Yo, that man. whole, like we're not, like people don't, we take records and, you know, to truth be told, we make them better. These old ass records, nobody makes no more. Mm-hmm. Yep. We take them and, and make them better. Like, and that's that's what I don't want. They don't want to give people credit for it. Like, it's not we're not always oh, sampling, stealing. No, we're taking the shit and make it better. You you had your time, old timer. How many of these acts have been revitalized because somebody sampled them? Right, Indeed. it's like them. people going back to their catalog. Especially yeah, the, otherwise they're just gone. They're ghosts. They're ghosts for like a couple like old record collectors to check them out and never play their music for anybody because they got to keep it in mint condition. But definitely exactly. people have rediscovered Monk, Mingus, Daryl yeah. Sanders. You know, we can go to listen to, you know, to Vandella. What, um, let me ask you guys this. What, I, I, I might have missed this. I got on late. But what, so, so you guys are Brooklynite dudes, clearly. But what, what, how is, how is and was Smith and Wesson? looked at and evaluated in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like they're not on a biggie level, obviously, but mm-hmm. what what is the juice that they, they still they still have, you know, back then and now? I mean back then they were me. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to see them. I go mm-hmm. to school with Brooklyn Tech. I'd be in Fort Greene. When I'd be going to school I'd see them walk in the opposite direction. Shortcat, you know, you'd see mm-hmm. tech, you um you'd see buckshot. And like I was talking to um, Alaska about it, the the way they would do their the, the apprenticeship of their crew was mm-hmm. one of a kind. So Buck um, mm. um, Black Moon comes out on Black Moon is Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson comes out yep. on Smith and Wesson is OGC. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter comes out mm-hmm. on Helter Skelter is OGC, and they would always like. <laughs> I was telling, I was joking with Alaska. They almost made it all the way. They just didn't get to the representative. Those yeah. are the ones that they did. Uh, no, the they, last, they put the, yeah, they, the they did an fashion. album, but it was like way later. It was way later. But the, doing it in the fashion of, hey, you're gonna be on one yes. of the biggest songs on your on your predecessor's mm-hmm. record, and that was very humbling. And I was like, this is a crew, and I remember it was like genuine to see that. Um, and again, they would they were like Brooklyn, like. 
like everything about them, the, the West Indian, like there was a big West Indian mm-hmm. migration. A lot of a lot of people from Barbados, Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, they all ended up in Brooklyn. And they were definitely the um, offspring of that. You could tell by, you know, sample choices, the way they were wrapped, um, the way they would do their hooks, a lot of that, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. they stood out in the sense that like they were your everyday Brooklyn cats, your rosters, <laughs> your ragamuffins, your knuckleheads. You know what I'm saying? Your corner boys, um, you know, uh, cats slinging nickel word. bags Ragamuffins. and shit like that. Smoking, um, like the cats, the cats that had chocolate tie. This is that. You had talked it out. <laughs> to get you tie. some chocolate I think tie. This was Sun Raw said on, on Twitter. He said if, if, yeah, he he said if chocolate tie could rap. <laughs> That's fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, again, I, I just always felt like they were kind of like a secret. You know what I mean? That's my, 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 my guess. I think they were beloved out here. Um, you know, I didn't move out here until after this album came out. Like, I think I moved out here in like 97. Um, but, oh, shit. you know, I was spending a lot of time down here already. Um, and, you know, they were beloved. I mean, up in New Paltz, there was like a huge population of city kids um, who, you know, there's always like giant hip hop parties. Every Friday night, there was like a giant like DJ parties in the student union. Oh, sure. um, so like, you know, all fraternities would throw them like the Kappas, Alphas, Sigmas, like they would just rotate parties and have DJs out there. And like the second, like a Smith and Wesson song came on or a Black Moon song came on, people went nuts. Wow. Yeah. That's so sick. It, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, their songs could rock a party. They could rock a party yeah. because their songs could be played at the basement party when you're grinding yeah. up on a girl in the corner. Yeah, especially if you throw on a remix, like the remix has like Black Moon remixes have like this sort of like slow step to them, and then one drop type shit. Yeah, and the Smith and Wesson stuff has like their sort of real like Caribbean feel. That one drop shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just it just it just brought back real warm memories to like your grandmother's record collection. In my case, you know, and uh, and things of that nature. It it just was like. It was very, to answer Zilla's original, very homegrown. Very homegrown. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I have very limited experience in different parts of New York from just going up to hang out for the day or, or for rap or go to a baseball oh, game wait. or something. But Wait, this is also a big moment for Brooklyn. Like I said, hip-hop was Queens and the Bronx. Yeah. Queens versus the Bronx, Sedgwick Ave and all the other shit. And and for these cats to be like um, indigenous to Brooklyn, everything about them was Brooklyn. Mm. B K L Y N. No no ifs ands about it. It wasn't a couple of members and woo anything like that. All Brooklyn all day. And where um, Biggie went to the shining lights part, we in the tunnels with this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, your Tim's got to be scuffed or leave them shits in a fucking crib. Yo. Real talk. You know what this album feels like to me too. It feels like autumn. Mm. It's like brisk mm-hmm. and windy. Yeah. You can still be outside. You got like layers on. Yeah. yeah, to me, it's not like I, I don't play this in the summer. And it's not like this time of the year, like someone said in our mentions, it's a good winter album, which I understand. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it's a winter album. Like I don't go to this as like, a, you know. No, this is hoodie season. Uh, when, when it's, yeah, it's yeah to me, it's season. like it's like October, October, November type of record for yeah. me. It always was. Yeah. It's really cool. Like I, I would not play this when it's like 98 degrees. Or twenty degrees, and and to me, autumn is my favorite season. So it's yeah. like I, I like records that kind of fit that 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 mold. 
more time's running out because before yeah. it gets depressing. So yeah. let's take let's take our last break, fellas. We'll wrap right. up. Megalithic, sure. monolithic, megalomaniac. No, see, megatastical, megatastical, monumentally magnanimous. Wow. wow, and we're MCs. Lesson, call out we're culture. MCs by trade. Meticulous. Wow. The meticulous. It's like, it's like we got gift the gab up in here. Doing magnanimous. That slaughter, whatever that shit is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> very, 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 yeah, very different. Call yeah. out culture. We love you, call culture. We'll be back. We'll be back. Right. A lot of M's. Hi, I'm Harvey Cliff. You might know me from such great albums as the one I did with Steel Tipped Up, Strangers on a Train. Try to start a lot of shit or a little bit. I'm indifferent to your middle end. I've been in the middle, man. Ball so wild. Ground cracks when I dribble, man. Or you might know me from all those hip-hop comedy clubs I did so well in. You, you ever find yourself at home working on your album and you're doing a skit and all of a sudden your wife comes into the room looking for her scissors and she just looks at you like... You know what I'm saying? When I'm not DJing down at Bronconcio's or eating watermelon jerky, I'm listening to another classic episode of a podcast that just got a brand new logo designed by me, Call Out Culture, hosted by Alaskast, Zilla Rocher, and Curly Castrata. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for letting me do it. You can check out more of my artwork at harveycliff.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Peace. Hey, come on down to hobbycliff.com. We got beach balls for the fall. I uh, got Steve Martin's sink. It's its first sink. He just left it here. Got some casingles for only a buck. Um, huge assortment of used yoga mats, biggest in the district. Check it out, man. Zilla Rocker here. Newest remix project from yours truly, a collection of all my favorite remixes I've done for rap homies far and near. Anything I Touch I Bruise, Volume 3, Creators and Swindlers, available now at $3pistols.com. Name your own price. You can give me $10, $50, $0.09, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Got joints on there from DJ Manipulator and Conway La Machina, the machine. Lush Life and Killer Mike, Griffin Scorsese with Vic Spencer, Castro with Def C, Colossal, and Elusive. From Exclusive Joints remixes from Cryptic One in Alaska, and Steel Tip Dove with Prem Rock. Unavailable anywhere else. And oh yeah, this joint is only on Bandcamp, meaning it's unavailable anywhere else either. So check it out. You could also grab the Ill Red Zilla Rock and Unisex hoodie. Or not, but you would look 89% flyer. This has been evaluated by scientists. I promise you. Check it out. Peace. Let's wrap this motherfucker up then. Um, do y'all have any final thoughts that you want to share about this record? Um, I just want yeah, all the listeners to go back and right go back and check it out. Like I know people probably haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. Um, it's one. It's, it's very much a classic in the sense that it's a timeless piece. You can listen to it at any time. We suggest the fall, autumn uh, <laughs> time period. And just vibe out to it. It definitely was a move. It was uh it, it was um it was very important, a vital record. Um one of the first CDs, compact discs I ever purchased. My mom actually bought this nice. for me. Um one day I came home and she had the uh no. My mom bought me uh Midnight Marauders and my friends bought me Oof. the shining for my birthday mm. when I turned That's 18. So. Nice. That's fucking cool. Um, I think what's his name? Uh, David Jacoby on ESPN. He has it in the background. 
on like his wall when he and he and Jalen Jalen Rose and him. He has like the shining framed in his background on ESPN every day, which is fucking really. Cool. Yeah, the vinyl. Um, I think the record is. It's it really is a, a fucking mood, man. Like I don't. I always liked Steel better than Tech because I think Steel is like a more technically quotable rapper in general. But then, uh, Tech is like. He has that voice. Like, his voice is so ill. He's a super slept on, like, great rap voice. Yeah. Like, no one sounds like Tech, which I like a lot. Um, and I think he's... I think, like, their, their, their work together and how they bounce off each other, like, it's just so hand-in-hand hand and such a part of what they do. I think, I think if you've never really listened to them or if you're a younger listener of ours and you never checked the record, I think that'll stand out. Whereas, like, us hearing that record back in the day when duos like bounced off each other a lot when they would make yeah. songs to, today that doesn't really even happen you know what i mean like there's not a lot of everyone's still kind of like an individual when they rap if they're in a duo or group or doing collabos and shit versus like them even like camp Low, you know what i mean like people that literally formulated these songs together and say okay i'll, I'll say your part here i'll do four bars you do this and you know, we'll go, we'll do call and response with each other on the chorus. Like, it's just like a lot of teamwork. And I think like the beat minor shit, especially with the whole boot camp, but especially on this album, like they really trusted beat miners to make the whole record. And these motherfuckers knocked it out of the park. Like, it is Soundboy Burial. I mean, that's a perfect fucking beat, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a, that's it's a seminal piece Bucktown's of work. Sounds perfect. It's just these are just yep. perfect. He's a perfect hip hop song. Yeah, yeah. Last without this, being this, again, and, again. this is a this is it really this should can be nominated for like a Mount Rushmore um, record. And I think I yeah, think what's dope about it too is like totally. And I think what's dope about it too is like we we said about Supreme how Supreme clientele might be the best rap album ever because. It, Supreme clientele doesn't give a fuck if you like rap or not. It's not yeah. trying to catch you if you don't like rap. You know what I mean? And this is one of those albums. Like The Shining doesn't give a fuck if you have rap ringtones and you know back that ass up and you know Migos. It doesn't care. You yeah. know, it's not interested in that type of shit. Now, I would it's tell like, you for, for, you for know that, that reggae fans reggae fans got into hip hop through The Shining. I can tell you that for a fact. If you mm. were a strict reggae rockers fan, you wanted an entry into some hip hop shit, you would check the shining. And um that's that was being that's played dope. in my neighborhood. Real talk. That's yeah. so fucking cool. That's fucking cool. What do you think, Alaska? Um, I mean, it's talks. funny, I was I was talking with Castro before you came on and I was saying how I think like this this record to me is in that top four of great New York records from the mid nineties. It's Ooh. It's uh, infamous, Illmatic, Cuban Links, and The Shining. Like those, yep. if you want to know what was going on in New York at that time, those are the records to check. Like that's up. the vibe. If you want to be Say transported into infamous. New York, infamous, Illmatic, yes. Cuban Links, and The Shining. Like maybe you, know you could throw you like say about that. The Shining. Wait, it, it hits almost Illmatic. all the boroughs. It doesn't hit the Bronx or Manhattan. It doesn't hit okay. the Bronx or Manhattan, but it hits almost all the boroughs. 
But I don't think That's Manhattan cool. had anything popping like no, that, at that point. No, maybe not, the not Bronx did. You could go into like some, like maybe some DITC stuff, like MLB Showbiz and AG or some shit. Yeah. Well, MLB. Right. Brown, oh. Sorry. Yeah. You don't but like to me, those are like the though. sound. Like they they outline the sound. If you want to know what New York sounded like, that's what New York sounded like. You know what's cool? You said about that list is like in the in that four album list you just said. Cuban Links is all RZA. This album is all beat miners, and then Illmatic mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you know a cavalcade of amazing producers, and then the infamous yeah. is Havoc and Q Tip. Yeah. Whereas like yeah, so it's like the mood of Cuban Links, which is to me is like a summer fucking record, even though it's got like a lot of really interesting weird parts to it, and then this album, which to me is like a fall record. It's just kind of like it's you know all of us have now done albums with like one producer. Yeah. And when you, when you could trust a producer to kind of fill in the blank for you, I think like these dudes let beat miners do that shit. And they were tapping into whatever, like the same way Ray did with RZA and all the, all those guys, they were RZA. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then later on mob deep did, which is havoc, but it's fucking cool to hear people capture that time, whether they knew it or not. Like I said, yeah. sampling fucking bacon in a pan, like to make a record sound dirtier is you gotta trust the producer yeah. be like, no, no, no hold on yeah. wait i'm gonna fry some bacon I'll, let, let me fry this bacon real quick. I, mean, I, I think you could possibly throw showbiz and ag's goodfellas into that yeah i would do that mm. That's my, like if you wanted a bronx representative showbiz ag yeah I, I, i've been listening to um showbiz not in the pantheon but like and again i'm, I'm a new york outsider i've been playing like Lost Boys legal drug money a lot. <laughs> that's like very. That's that to me, it's a different side of Queens. It's definitely some Queens. Like I love yeah. Queens, that's but to me, like that's a different side of Queens. That's like a celebratory Queens, Queens record. I'm used to Queens dudes being, you know, flashy but kind of. I sad. mean, the grimy Queens dudes are. That's what they are. But Queens is a pretty ass. You know, motherfuckers try to be like, you know, college starch, shit like that. <laughs> college starch. That's fucking cool. Yeah, Queens, yeah. Queens, well, Queens has to fly. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, Queens is the most rural of the boroughs. Most rural. You know, most houses. Other than like Long Island. Goose walking down the street. No, I'm Everyone serious. Like, other, than the, other than, because people don't understand, other than Queens Bridge, all of Queens is like houses and lawns. This is Queens oh Bridge God. had those concentrations of the project. Yeah. And those high rises. But all the rest of Queens is like, um, six suburbs. You know, yeah, but birds and trees and shit. Yeah. It is. You couldn't, you could like Queens, <laughs> Queens cool. is a day trip. Queens is yeah. a day trip. You couldn't go to Queens and then go somewhere else and come back. But no, you got, you going out to Queens. Yeah. It, was, it took, took the old day to get back and shit. Yeah. I have stories about that Queens. Makes that makes Running sense. Why, the, why, oh, you know, shit, going out to Far Rockaway, Rockaway was like, you need to pack a meal. Yo, running out. So pa- check it. We pa- was in Queens at some fucking party. And um, Alaska, you know, it's like a spider. So like, this is like, transportation hub in the middle and then all the blocks go out from there so when you get off there you kind of have to catch dollar vans to go um if you're not driving and we were at this party and it got out mad late yo and it was like 30 of us waiting on the corner for like each dollar van to come and pick up like six or eight of us at a piece right and one guy just kept he just kept rolling and i started running full speed behind the dollar van thinking i could jump on the ladder because y'all know them vans it was like 18 Uh vans with the wheel on the back and the and the ladder, the ladder so yeah. I was I was running full speed, arms sprinting like Usain. I could run back in the day, 
that I was trying to jump on the back <laughs> of the ladder before it pulled off because it was like, you know, these things were, see, this is the middle of the night. So like this one every That's like whatever. And the fact that they're not stopping to pick up a good number of us because they see 30 of us on the corner, it, it was a bad look. And I almost caught up to it. And I took something told yeah, me to jump. It. I said, unless you get right up on it, guys, don't jump to it because that'll be bad. If you can get right up on it and jump on the back, that's one thing. But like, so I I, I, I oh chased it for like two blocks. Two, I was I was that's full funny. on sprint. I'm trying to tell y'all back straight. I was full on sprinting because I was like, yo, we get home. We need to die. I need you to stop, homie. Oh, yeah. And you won't stop. But um, oh my god, uh, story ended okay. I didn't catch it. And then when I started walking back to where we were actually standing, a bunch of dollar vans had picked oh, up on us up. So happy ending. Yeah. Just, just you. Yeah, I lived down in Queens for four years. Right, and, uh, it was like a Queens corner gang. Sorry, bro. Yeah. yeah. Good it, it, it was like it was like Mike Geronimo. We're here doing Mike Geronimo's. Yeah, <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you at, wherever you are, wherever you at. Shouts, I love Mike Geronimo. Geronimo Tim's Vendetta, yeah. Geronimo, cleanest Tim's on yeah, the cover ever. Vendetta, ever of all time. Shouts to Vendetta. Right. Um, before we wrap it up, let's talk. Let's just pump uh, our Patreon. Yeah. It's uh, growing every day, man. Shouts to our Patreon subscribers. Every week, yeah. we try to give you guys like a like a little snippet. Of a conversation that's not on the live feed on Apple and Spotify. What was the latest? Shit. What was the latest then, jewel uh, we dropped? We, dropped, we did we one we with Brian Ennels and Infinity Knives about um, how Tupac is Tupac is actually from Baltimore, not New York or Cali, so you can't get that anywhere else. We've had uh, more Mother and Billy Woods talk yeah. about eighties basketball. You can't get that anywhere else. We've had Mike Mark Eagle Speck talk about X Men. Mark Speck talking about. Rizza gave this motherfucker a bow. You can't hear that anywhere else. How and why that happened? So our uh, Patreon is fire, man. You could do five dollars, be on the fucking Tom Berenger level with a substitute. Yeah. <laughs> Treat Williams level ten dollars, and then the fucking Lou Gossett, uh, Jim Belushi level, which is twenty dollars a month. But that that's the vice principal shit. Right? That, that's when you're doing it for, for the, the superintendent. Yeah, you're doing principal. it for the principal. Yeah, so there you go. So we, we fuck with everybody on the Patreon, and we're gonna we're gonna do the list the listening session. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks. And, yeah, uh, so we're gonna our Twitter like, man. Yo, our Twitter our Twitter's like a year old, man. Yeah, yeah it is. Salute to that. We got like five hundred followers. Yeah, party. Yeah, we're gonna do like a demo yeah, man, about a year, and let y'all hear some of the stuff we're working on. Um, and it's infantile stages. Yeah, last time we like, had a like a secret squirrel type thing. People don't really hear those early versions yeah. of tracks. So we'll give you a little taste. Correct. And then uh, it's just been confirmed that for Bandcamp Day, March 4th, um, yeah. the song I did with Scorsese, Ode to Raekwon, uh, March 4th, 5th, whatever. Uh, Ode to Raekwon, produced by Panels. Um, that's going to be coming out, and it's going to be, you know, uh, a paid song. Anything you pay towards the song is going to go towards the Shelton Lee Memorial Fund, Long Live Scorsese. So um, that was literally the song Shells and I were talking about literally the day he passed. So it's a very, very important song to me. And uh, it encapsulates how dope he was as a dude because his obsession and love for Raekwon, as you heard on our Lineage of Greatness Raekwon episode with Shells, yeah. Scorsese. Um, that would be a song called Old to Records. Correct, yes. So it was, so uh, like, so was the last text message I ever received. Yes, so that, that, was my, that was my fuck Alaska thing. 
was going to be called. Oh, you like to do Ode to Campbell and don't get me on the song? Cool. I'll, let's do Ode to Raekwon and Shells is <laughs> on board with it. And the last text message I ever received from him was him being like, yo, you know, hearing parts of the song I did that day with him. So I'm excited um, for people to hear it. And uh, again, all, all, all proceeds from that record are going to go towards his family. And uh, we appreciate everybody still scooping up Midnight Express and fucking went insubordinate. Those are our family members with Griff and, and uh, Alex Ludovico and Nation Gang and all that shit. So yeah. his tape just sold out. The the lobster tails in my Tesla tape just cassette just sold out. So uh, nice. it means a lot, man. Thanks, guys. If if you if you fuck with us and you fuck with um, insubordinate, uh, next week you'll have a chance to show us again how much you respect him and respect us. And that's that's dope. So I think all I can think of um, a lot of records in various stages of production, but uh, yeah. it's going to be a busy year. So even though it's about to be March and we, there's no wrecking crew projects out, we got a fucking lot of shit. There's a lot of shit coming. I assure you. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. Alaska hasn't done one cargo called song yet, but sure. I haven't. I got to finish all the this. fucking beats. Doesn't do the song. I got I got two other projects. I, like, I was like, what, I was like, what what beat do you want of mine? And he were like, all we of them. Like, I guess you said fucking twelve beats. Like, I'll I'll take I'll take all of them. I'm like, other people want them. No, I'll, I'll take all of them. Sure, okay. And Castro's records. Other don't. people want them. Mm-hmm. What other people? I'll tell you off the air. Then make then <laughs> then make more beats. Stop by. Uh, a little busy. Uh, a little busy. People want them. Uh, well, busy. hey man, catch up. Catch, you know, speed. Hey man, I've I've already I've already tripled my production output from the last few years of beat making. So, Puffy Puffy um, will tell I, you to quint, quintuple it, man. Puffy will. I gotta tell be on my Kanye it. shit. Five beats a day for three summers. I deserve to do and these numbers. To him. That's a different world than like Cree Summers. Well, the, the one dude said you know, the best. The one the Here one the one man. dude said. Uh, but we need to do a whole episode on this. Like like at, at what moment a rapper oh, was cursed forever. The one dude said, uh, because I was listening to Playboy yeah. Cardi's album because of Alex Ludovico, and there's a the comedy man, the feature, and it is the miracle win. It is, yeah, yeah. The homie said it. He because the the Kanye feature on the Playboy Cardi album is quite possibly his fucking worst rap, which is saying a lot about Kanye. That is saying a lot. And the dude comment on Twitter, no, nah, it's, it's saying a lot. And, way and um, this is just wait, I gotta pull this shit up now. Um, Anyway, the homeboy, I think it was DJ Rashid on Twitter. Was you are like, not Yo. going to say his, his verse on an episode. I, I'll just say like one couplet, but I think it was DJ Rashid on Twitter. If it wasn't you, I apologize. But he just responded saying, Cash or Lewis, a dude saying like, whoever gassed up Kanye with that mayonnaise colored beds that push miracle whips, like we've all been having to suffer since that day that somebody told him that was he a hot He said rap. that line so hard. This is the same line he was probably saying to he did. in person when he's rapping in their face, mayonnaise, miracle whip. Uh, like, you know how you think it's like so there's a, a safari clip where he spits this verse or half verse so hard and at the end of it Charlemagne says that's not it bro like right at the end of it <laughs> so <laughs> deflating that's what I think about when I think about Kanye and the miracle it always it's like uh, when Killer Mike went and spit that whole song to Nas and Nas is like I don't know man oh uh, Nas yeah <laughs> <laughs> on, on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Drunk yeah. Master P. Uh, drunk, uh, Large Professor loved it. 
A drunk, very drunk large. Are you ready? Yeah. We'll wrap it up with this. This is what Kanye says on this Playboy Cardi song. If you don't play the, if they don't play this, call the DJ. This verse just shut down the freeway. Born in the A, you can't impeach yay. The case so brief, don't bring your brief case. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm out, man. I told you not to say that shit. Good night, gentlemen. Oh, hey, real quick, real quick. Oh, uh, man. Wednesday, snowfall. Yeah, man. Yes. What, are we doing? Ep- what are we doing? Episodic reviews? Or we want to I'm do? down for we'll that do for the Patreon. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if everyone on Patreon fucks with Snowfall. I'm down for it. I just don't know people on Patreon. Whatever. That's what we gotta go get. Yeah, yeah. Go to Snowfall Twitter and let them know you get recaps. Yeah, go Snowfall. I mean, um, my other pod might do it. So if y'all want to jump on there with that, we can do a That'd be another pod. Shout out to Cash's other other pod. A podcast has. But we ain't gonna do. We're not gonna do. And I'll wrap it up with this. Like half half seasons and then full seasons review. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll leave you with this. Yay, Jesus gang. You correct. Mm-hmm. You always asking for Buddha. You a Budapest. <laughs> you a Budapest. Yeah, Today's color beds. I push miracle whips. Oh, Goodbye, Castro. Alright. There you go. Peace. That's, uh, that, that's Color Culture this week. Goodbye, everyone.